0: Welcome, I am Dan, your friendly fishmonger at DansFish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern for those that might be mountain challenged. OBS uh, forced me to update versions. So I did that this afternoon and I've been playing with it. I I thought I had it all ready to go, but I didn't quite. So I had to fix a couple things. Should be live now. Could you just let me know if you can see me okay and hear me okay since uh, had to change settings and all that. I just want to make sure that we're doing all right. I think we probably are, but just want to double check. We're going to start out today with the shipping report like we always do. It's a doozy. We have a giveaway as well, and we're just going to chat about fish after that. Sound and picture are both working. Okay, it's not too bad for having to revamp the whole system. <laughs> 702, not, not bad for that situation. The thing about doing this live is you can't really test it very much. You can test certain things, but until you actually go live, you know, you don't know for sure what's going on. Okay. Getting the giveaway built. That's built now. And now we're going to do... Oh, that's right. I have to show you that in just a moment. Getting loaded here. Whenever there's a little hiccup, like you have to switch software and and all that, it throws things off a little bit. But now, I think we're ready to go. Yeah. All right, let's rock and roll. So, starting with the shipping report, it's not good. So, our success rate is 98 point, what is it, Random Arms? He'll tell me in a second. 98 point something. Um, he's got that all calculated 98.2 98.2 percent for the last 12 months this week we had a event occur and we had more losses on Monday shipment than we had in the entire 12 months preceding it was a doozy what happened as far as we can tell is we sent all the orders out on Monday they were all in route we all thought everything was good we had a new import arrive Monday evening we got that we we're working on loading that in and everything getting that done uh Johnny goes and checks the the status of the shipments and comes back and says hey I got some bad news what's the bad news the plane has been grounded so that's bad news so the plane that that all our orders were on was grounded and so what ended up happening happening is the uh all the fish sat out on the tarmac and it ended up being for about 24 hours. They were grounded at 7 p.m. Monday and they didn't take off again till just about that time on Tuesday. So for about 24 hours they were grounded which usually is not a problem but they were out on the tarmac and it was bitter cold. It was well below zero. It was at least 36 degrees below freezing uh, Monday night and so in that temperature not being protected at all I mean maybe they were in the cargo hold of the plane so maybe they weren't out in the wind but uh, they definitely were not anywhere heated fish just got too cold and we insulate and we use heat packs and all that but the the heat packs can keep the box warm for a while but at extremely cold temperatures they're going to lose the battle eventually heat packs if they cool to a certain temperature they just stop working and sometimes they turn into like hard lumps they just stop So, I just want to tell all the customers that we ship fish to this week on on Monday it was just the problem was only Monday's shipment uh... just how sorry we are I know Johnny's been working with you I I know that as soon as we found out there was an issue we reached out and said hey the fish have been delayed we're sorry um... and you know kept everyone abreast of what was going on but we're we've we lost a lot of fish in that shipment again we lost more fish um in monday's shipment than we lost in the entire 12 months before so that really hurt um and it's it's a bummer when fish are delayed because if you took work off or you know arranged your whole life so that you could be home we shipped them Monday. So you could be home Tuesday to receive them and then then they don't show up. That's a bit of a hassle. But even when that happens, it's almost always fine. The fish are usually in a storage warehouse somewhere or or something like that where they have enough protection from the cold that that they're fine. This wasn't the case. They were uh, as near as we can tell. They were just outside for 24 hours in bitter, bitter winter. It was up in Montana where the, the plane got grounded. So Montana's super cold right now. So that's the report. This is not a fun one. This is this is a big bummer of one. But I would like to note that even with that, we're still over 98% success for the last 12 months. So, in the last year, um, less than two percent of people have had problems. Uh, fish have arrived happy and healthy, not just alive, but but looked healthy and hardy. So, I'm still proud of that. But this was a tough one, there's no doubt about it. I do want to thank Johnny for being on it and taking care of everybody. I'm, I'm, if you had a problem and you reached out, you've probably already been taken care of. Um, when that happens, just so people know, we, we don't just give store credit or something like that. We, we refund you the cash you paid for the fish and we also refund you for the shipping you paid for that fish. So our goal is to make it uh, financially risk-free to order fish. There's always risk when you order fish, right? Uh, apparently, in the last 12 months, it's, it's about 1.8% of the fish uh, don't make it. Before this catastrophe, it was a lot better. It was around, around 1% that didn't make it. So almost 99% of the fish made it. Now it's a little over 98% of the fish make it in good shape. So, um, where was I going with that? Oh, so there, there's always risk, but we know what the risk is because we've kept close tabs on it. Uh, usually the fish are fine. But we want to make sure that no matter what happens, the customer does not have financial risks. So we refund you for the fish and the shipping paid for that fish. So let's say there were 10 fish in a box and one of them arrived and wasn't in good shape. Um, then we would refund you the cost of that fish plus 10% of the shipping you paid to make you whole for the the shipping associated with the fish you lost So that's how we go about that um, so I'm sure that I, I've been on the receiving end when you get a, a, a bunch of dead fish I know what that's like That's kind of the worst part of this hot no the worst part of this hobby is when you watch a group, uh, an aquarium of fish that has been fine for a long time, suddenly start having problems and gradually um, succumb to something. Like over a period of a few months, you lose the entire tank. I think that's the worst, because it's this drawn out process of trying to figure it out, working hard to figure it out, and never succeeding. I've been in that situation before. But next to that I think just about the worst part of this hobby is when you receive a box of fish and there's dead in there and in some cases pro- the entire box would have been dead because they would have just got too cold so I just want any customers listening to know I've been there I know what that's like we work really hard to make sure that never happens and I just want you to know that we're all very sorry that it happened to you this time um, still you know, even with that, less than 2% of the time, but it doesn't really matter what the math is, or the statistics are, the data is, when it happens to you, it's still horrible. So, just sorry about that. Um, And we we can't get to the bottom of what, what happened, either, why the plane was grounded. It said due to severe weather, but we checked the weather, and It was clear. It was cold, but it was clear. There wasn't any storms or anything. There wasn't any severe wind. So we're not sure exactly what happened. Now, I'm not a pilot or, you know, a control tower person. I I don't know what goes into factoring those decisions. But when we sent the fish out, we had no inkling that there would be an issue. It seemed like weather was clear and uh, fish would make it. In fact, I had flown to Denver the day before any problems. So like it seemed like it would be fine. So anyway, that's what happened. That was a doozy. Th- this is the worst it's ever been for us. Um, again, there's, I don't know, two to three times a year on average when uh, an entire shipment will be delayed just because there's a problem with uh, an equipment malfunction at a UPS transfer station or warehouse or um or a plane gets grounded, or something. But even when that happens, the fish usually get to where they're going in great shape. This is one of the rarest of rare times when there was a perfect storm, and despite everything we do, um, you know, a lot of fish aren't going to make it in good shape. So just a bummer. So, um, yeah. So anyway, that's the shipping report. I, I try not to dwell on stuff I, I try to like not let it get me down so I'm gonna do that tonight too I'm gonna move on um, I try to only obsess about things I can actually control and improve and we we have thought about maybe maybe there's some kind of website we can get on. Um, because we know which airports our, our packages are, are likely to stop at. Our orders are likely to stop at in transit. So maybe there's a website that would show us any any delays or something. I don't know. But the only thing we can think of that we could do differently is if, if there was some way we could have known in advance that that plane would be grounded. And I don't know if there is or not. But we can look further into that and see if if that's possible to to know that in advance. Now, I think a lot of times you just don't know. I think it's probably a, a call that's made in the moment. And there's probably not a lot of forewarning about that. But that's the only thing that I can think of, Random Arms were, and I were talking about this earlier, um, that we could possibly do, look into to see if there's something where we could get more forewarning about situations like that and, and not ship the fish. But again it only happens two to three times a year so I'm not sure it's something that's predictable but it's something we can look into because you know we want to uh, want to do everything we can but once we've done everything we can then I, I try to I try to let it roll off my back and move on with my day you know because because I literally can't do anything else about it. So that's what I'm going to try to do tonight as well. So, again, to those customers one last time, I'm so sorry. Um, But, you know, we'll take care of you financially. I wish we could take care of you in other ways. Okay, here you go. Here's your hug. There you go. I'm patting your back right now. There you go. Something like that. Anyway, we're going to move on now. Ah, that was a rough one haven't had to give one like that. Jeez, I can't remember the last time something like that might have happened. <laughs> now for something completely different, as they say, the Flying Circus. Let's talk about the giveaway. So the giveaway tonight is for some merch. Specifically, so if you can go to the DanceFish YouTube uh, channel, you can find our merch. And if you go to uh, dancefish.com, you can also find it here. Here's some merch. Has I, I think the latest ones might not be on there. Oh yeah, they are. There they are. Ta-da! Oh, I've got a <laughs> I've got to change that one that says for February rainbow fish. That was a template that I gave to Bex so she could then design. Uh, the fish for that Um, so yeah there's a little a little boo boo (laughs) whoops (laughs) but anyway uh, you can find the merch why am I still doing that a couple of ways the specific piece of merch I want to give away today is this one it's the beanie because it's winter time and I think that this thing's super cool I think Bex did an awesome job this is a stylized uh, image of a Bosmani rainbow fish Milanitania bosmani, and you can choose the color, but I went with spruce in the picture just because I think that those colors pop really nicely against that kind of dark green, but there are several different colors of beanie. The black's not bad either. It shows up really nice against that too. Um, anyway, I'll let you play around with that and decide which color you want, but the giveaway today is for a limited edition, <laughs> did I just? I totally stuttered. Limited edition, 1D, um, Dan's Fish Beanie. It's the February edition, so this stuff, this, this Bosmani Rainbow Fish uh, merch will be available through February, and then it goes away after February, and we'll have a different design for you in March. Let's see, I did share that, didn't I? Right? Okay. Yeah, the comments aren't saying show it to us, but yeah, this 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 will only be available in February. We're, we're trying to, on the merch, we wanna create all the FOMO we can. On Live Fish, we never do, but on the merch, that's fair game. So if you would like to win a Dan's fish beanie with a Bozmani rainbow on it, designed by Bex. Then enter hashtag merch in the chat. Very difficult. <laughs> hashtag M-E-R-C-H. No spaces, caps don't matter. And we'll draw the winner of that a little later. Now I do want to tell you, it's taking uh, Teespring, that's the processor of our merch, uh, a while to print things. So someone won a Guppy t-shirt a little while ago. If you're watching... We haven't forgot you. We've ordered that. They just haven't sent it to us yet. So, I'll get that to you. But there is a bit of a. It takes them a, a little while to get it printed and sent. But uh, but the cool thing is you can get custom stuff. So, it takes a little while, but it's custom, which is neat. So that is what's going on with the giveaway. Okay, I think. I think that's it. Okay. Let me tell you about the import we just got in. First of all, it's a cool import. There's some amazing fish on there that I'll, I'll tell you about when they're ready to go. But it was an adventure. So um, we had a big snowstorm that ended on Sunday. So that's why like, things were back up and running Monday. But the roads were closed until Sunday at midnight. And that's a problem because I need to get in our van and drive down to Denver on Sunday so I can be there bright and early Monday morning when the fish land to pick them up and drive them back. But I had no way of driving down to Denver because the freeway was closed. And when the freeways are closed in Wyoming, you don't want to take the back roads. <laughs> if the freeways closed, the back road is worse. Trust me, don't try it. Um, <laughs> you'll get stuck in a five-foot snowdrift. So anyway, couldn't get down there. So I'm like, okay, what do we do? We have all these fish uh, that are going to land in Denver Sunday morning. I can't drive down there in time to get them. So we tried to look for a courier in Denver to find someone who... So the situation is the roads were going to be open on Sunday, but they were closed Monday. So I couldn't drive down there. But if there was someone already down there, on Monday morning they could pick them up and drive them back up because the roads were opening again on Monday so tried to find a courier couldn't find a courier so what we ended up doing is we couldn't drive down but we could fly so I booked a, a plane uh, flew down to Denver picked up the fish rented a, a van and drove them back so we had to figure some workarounds, but we were able, and it you know, cost more than we wanted. When we drive the van down, all we really pay is gas, you know, some snacks, a place to sleep, depending on how the trip goes. But a last minute plane ticket and renting a van and all that, it, it costs a lot more. But the good news is we were able to get them. They weren't stuck in Denver for a day freezing. And we got them back here, and when we Opened them and unboxed them and everything. Everything was in the low 70s, which is about where I like it for shipping. I don't want the fish at the top of their temperature range because their metabolism gets sped up. And when the fish are being shipped, I actually want their metabolism to kind of chill out and be a little slower. So, um, oh, I can show you the Bosmani. No, that's the that's not the Bosmani. Sorry, that's the logo. <laughs> I, I ordered the Bosmani, but it hasn't arrived yet. Uh, I forgot what shirt I was wearing. Yeah, how's that for tired? But anyway, so it it ended up working out well. The fish got here, low 70s, very few issues. I think the import's gonna be really strong. So in a couple of weeks, we're gonna have a whole bunch of new fish to release for sale. And uh, I think Johnny has several more that will be released by Friday of this week as well. If you're looking for some different stuff that we're out of, stuff will start hitting the market on Friday, maybe tomorrow. Greek boy, if you need a place to crash in the Denver area on trips like that, you're welcome here. Hey, I might take you up on that. Yeah. I might take you up on that, geek boy. Did I say Greek boy earlier? Geek boy. Yeah, maybe you're a Greek, too. Maybe you're a Greek geek. I don't know. Um, what, I, what that trip taught me, though, is it might be good to find someone in Denver that wants to haul fish. Like, I would pay you. If you have a, a van or a minivan and you're able to haul fish, it needs to be heated. Uh, you can do a box truck too, as long as it was heated. Then uh, hit us up, hello at dancefish.com, and shipments usually arrive Monday morning. Sometimes they arrive midweek when we do our own independent imports, but often they arrive Monday. It just depends on who we're going through and uh, and drive them up to Sheridan and we would pay you for your, to make that trip. So if that's something that interests you, drop us an email, we might be able to work something out. So that was getting the import here, that was the shipping report. Um, the other thing that I'm excited to tell you about, so, so now we're done the hard stuff, the good thing is we have figured out how to ship to Canada, we think. So we're taking our first, orders for Canada we are just gonna start a little slow so if you're watching and you're from Canada and you've wanted to get fish from us you can you can go to the dancefish.com website create an account select Canada is your country and we'll ship to you we we want to try like half a dozen shipments to start just to make sure that the fish arrive on time make sure that there aren't any things we don't know about but we've figured out all the paperwork side that's all taken care of I mean we think <laughs> from all the information we have we can't sell you plants but we can sell you aquarium animals so fish shrimp, snails all that we can send you but plants we can't yet we are working with the Department of Agriculture to see if we can send you plants but I believe if you're from Canada, I don't think the plants will even show up as an option for you. Um, Random Arms, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's true. So we're looking for a few, we've actually already got one person that placed an order, Um, but we're looking for, you know, five more just so we can test it out. We want to send about six out, make sure it's okay before we open the floodgates for Canadian orders. Because if there's any issues, we want to figure it out with friends. (laughs) before we do that. Now a couple things one thing that we have noticed when we go to process test shipments to Canada is there are certain places where shipments can't be received next day it takes at least two days so if you're in a major city or something it shouldn't be a problem but when we go to process the shipping you know, we'll look at that before we pack the fish and everything. If it's going to take more than one day, if, if we can't get it to you next day, we're not going to be able to send it, at least not during the winter. We just don't want to do that to the fish. Now during the summer, that might be a different story. I used to ship priority mail and that would take an average of three days to get where it was going and we had very good success with that. So it, it can be done, but in the winter I don't want to do that, especially after what we just experienced uh, with Monday shipment this week with that delay. So, oh, plants are not hidden for Canada yet. Okay, but if you are ordering from Canada, don't order any plants because uh, your government won't let us ship you plants yet. We're working, we're working on that. We're seeing if we can make that happen, but we're still uh, talking to the different departments, the ag departments, and figuring that out. So I don't know if that'll work out or not, but we're trying. So anyway, that's, that's the big positive announcement that uh, I know you've been asking for years. We finally got to the point where we think we can make that happen. So here's to the Canucks. Canuck's not an insult, is it? (laughs) For some reason I said that and then it just struck my ear and I was like, Wait, are you supposed to say Canuck? I don't think that's a bad thing to say. But if it is, let me know so I can stop saying it. (laughs) now I'm wondering alright, well I've been rambling on for 27 minutes so let's start finding out what's going on with you guys, we'll get to your questions and comments in a moment, before we do I want to thank my moderators for being here doing what they do and making the stream happen and keeping everything kosher, I appreciate it I also want to thank the members members of the, the channel, the Fish Fam crew, thanks for being here, thanks for supporting, if you missed it I posted a link on the um, community tab that only members can see uh, where you can go and get the the blue version of the Bosmani Rainbow Fish shirt so it looks just like this but it's a Bosmani rainbow there instead of the Dance Fish logo so if yeah so so we make special merch just for members it's the blue color and it's also at a discounted rate we we don't make money on the members only merch on the other merch, we make a couple bucks. It's not much. You know, We try to keep the prices down, but custom stuff's kind of expensive. But trust us, we're not making bank. We're really just making enough that we can hopefully send a little money back to Bex to pay her for her design work. That's really all we're trying to do. So anyway, with that, let's get to your questions and comments. I see some, some super chats xanadu do FYI, all my fish from last week are doing great. Awesome, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad that 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 shipment went well for you. Uh, Yeah, and thanks for being so great to work with. Eric, why rock? Why not rock? We love Johnny. Thanks, Eric. We do. Johnny's... (laughs) Johnny on the spot? I mean, he's on it, right? For customer service, I think he's great. Spencer's sister agrees. We love Johnny too. Aw, Johnny, are you feeling the love? I hope Johnny's watching. I haven't paid any attention to the chat. I'm pretty sure he's in here. <laughs> Stephen P. 2003 Aquartics, keep it up. We will. I don't know if we'll do it with dumbbells, but we will definitely keep it up. It's, yeah, it's just one of those rough weeks. Spencer's sister, love to dance fish. We're all here for you. I know you guys are. And and I, I really do feel supported by the community and the customer base. And can I just tell you how awesome that is? I've worked in plenty of places, including places that sold fish in the past, where it was like the company and the customers were at odds with each other. There was like constant tension. It was like a contentious relationship. It was like the customer versus the company and vice versa. Which doesn't sound like any fun at all, like getting up and going to work somewhere where you know you're going to be butting heads with your customers all day. (laughs) Like, why would you want to live like that? So I'm just so grateful to our customer base and how supportive they are, even when things go wrong. um, You're you're willing to work with us. You get that we're doing what we can, and and you just seem like reasonable people. So we, we feel very supported, not just by this community, but by our customers as well. Kelly Foreman, Dan is invading Canada. Woo, that's right. Give me a saber. We're going. <laughs> I'm like George Washington on a boat standing up crossing the Potomac. Potomac? Crossing the river. Now it's got snake heads in it. But back then it was just trout. Okay, let's get your questions and comments here. That's the super chats. Thanks for the super chats, by the way. Always appreciated. Never required. But we are a little startup company and every little drop helps. So thank you. Robert Whittaker. What, what steps do you take to minimize the risk of spreadable fish disease? Lots of steps. So, um, yeah, we, like, each tank has its own. Okay, let me show you, I guess. Each tank has its own set of nets. Those nets are only used for that tank. So this tank... These are the nets used for it. Each tank has its own. Each tank has its own scrubby pad. So when we have to go clean the tanks, which obviously I haven't done in a little while, I've been too busy to shave. Like my goal is Saturday to finally have some time to cut my hair and shave. That's my goal for Saturday. We'll see. Um, but each tank has its own scrubby pad, so we're not spreading, you know, using one scrubby and going from tank to tank to tank. So. Generally, we try to make each tank its own isolated system. So if there is a disease in one tank, we don't go and spread it around to all the other tanks. So that's, that's the main way we do that. Um, and so far, so good. That seems to be the best way to approach that. The secret history living in your aquarium. Oh, wow. Thank you, Alexander, for the super chat. Here's for the merch that breaks even that I plan to order and looking forward to stealing more of your photos with credit noted for species spotlights and live streams, cheers. Hey, Alex Alexander, thank you so much for the super chat, I appreciate it, and thanks for being an affiliate. We appreciate that too. And yeah, any affiliate can use any of our pictures or anything, is you know just note that it's from Dan's Fish, but we generally don't have a problem With anyone using any of our pictures as long as you're not a competing store that would just be silly but if if you want to use our pictures to I don't know for social media or whatever we don't mind as long as you give us photo credit for it that's fine now there are some pictures on our website that we give photo credit to someone else for Sometimes customers take pictures and send them to us. I have a friend that's a professional photographer. He used to take pictures of fish for Tropical Fish Hobbyist magazine. He's let us use some of his pictures. So if the picture on our website is credited to someone else, you can't use that picture because we don't own it. We borrowed it from someone with their permission. But any other picture on our website, uh, everyone's free to use. Just make sure it's clear that it came from DansFish.com and you can use it. I mean, we see that as only helping us. The more that people see dancefish.com out there on the internet or in social media, the better it is for our company. So we see it as free advertising. So feel free. Take the pictures, run with them. Just make sure you give us photo credit and we're good. All right. Now, if you're a competing store, no. <laughs> but for anything else, yes. All right spinster sister i was your first guppy shirt order and received it yesterday all right Spinster styling now all right i'm glad you got it yeah it's uh i don't know what's going on with teespring but it's taking them a little longer than usual for sure uh i ordered a, a shirt on the 12th of january no the 8th i think of january something like that I ordered my Bosmani shirt because I wanted to have it here and be wearing it tonight to show it all, you know, show it to you guys. But, uh, yeah, it still hasn't arrived. It still hasn't shipped. It's still being printed. <laughs> Jacob Metzer, are you aware of any breeding efforts taken for Sabwa resplendens conservation? Do you know how to breed them? Thanks. Jacob, I've never bred that species. I've, I've never tried. Well, they've probably spawned for me, but I've, I've never raised that species. I... I I do know people that have bred and raised them, though. I don't think it's difficult. I'm not remembering that incorrectly, am I? Yeah, I don't... I think people are breeding them. Um, I'm sure the source that I'm getting them from is breeding them. But, uh... Let's make sure that's reflected on the website. I should actually check that. Sabwa. So that's the Asian Rummy Nose, for those that don't know. Let's see here. Yeah, I've gotta, we've got to get that listed there, because that is a fish from Lake Inlay, right? It has a, a fairly limited range, so we don't want to be impacting its natural habitat too much. But, yeah, they're being bred on farms, though. Almost, I mean, let me double-check this, but... I'm gonna give myself a little note here. But as far as I know, all my suppliers that I'm getting them from are breeding them. But I'll just double check with all of them to make sure, because now that you comment on that, I do want to double check that none of them are coming from the wild. The Secret History you mean you didn't use the company pack mule to go to Denver? <laughs> no, the mule couldn't make it. We had to eat the mule on the trip. You know, we got snowed in. You gotta survive somehow. <laughs> All right, that was macabre, but you know, it's like the Donner Party, but with a mule. The Fish Guy Five, can you get in? Suda Danio, rebellus. Yeah, we. I've seen that one on the list. I and. I've purposely, I like Pseudodanios and I want to bring more in, but I've purposely not been bringing any in because um, I'm having trouble finding a source that can th- get them to me in good shape. So I've tried several sources. Every now and then they'll come in good shape and I'll be like, yes, finally, and then I'll order again and it's like, oh, now they're not in good shape. So then I try another source. So. I do have a place I can order those from, well at least they're on the list, that doesn't mean that they actually have them in stock. But I've order, ordered a Sudadanio Axel axelradi from that source and they haven't arrived in great shape so I'm trying to find the correct place to source Pseudodanios um, from. I probably said that genus wrong but, but I haven't found it yet. Greek boy, if you need a place to crash. Oh yeah, thanks again. Oh, I said Greek again. I don't know. You're Greek to me. I don't know, geek boy. Thank you again, though, geek boy. Appreciate that. Metal fish. I-25 is no joke north of Cheyenne when the sky falls. I'm in NoCo, northern Colorado, and used to run to Casper all the time. Yeah, absolutely. There's a few spots on that freeway that (laughs) you ain't gonna pass. (laughs) Well, metal fish, if, if you uh, used to run to Casper all the time, if you want to run to Sheridan, let's talk. Spinster Sister, are your red, neon, blue, eye rainbow fish jumpers? I don't know. I keep all my fish with a tight-fitting lid always. So if the fish jump, I wouldn't know it because they can't get out of my tanks. Full Metal, ever get any auto in? Yes, we do. We don't have any available right now. But we have a good supplier from for them. However, that is so. There's some suppliers that like you could order from every week. They constantly have fish, and there's other suppliers that are more specialized and only have fish available every now and then. And the supplier that I found where I can get good auto from consistently is one that only has fish available every now and then. So next time that they have fish available, I will order them from them, but I just don't order them from anyone else because I've tried so many suppliers and it's so hard to get good autos in. Finally found one that's consistently good, so I'm gonna stick with them until, until they're, you know, hopefully they always are, but if they start doing it wrong, then I'll have to switch and look for someone else, but yeah. Dave Jones, do you ever get blue phantom plecos in? I can. The issue is that I don't have a good supplier of aquarium bred and raised blue phantom plecos. The ones I can get are harvested from the wild. And I tend to avoid... There's a few wild plecos on our website. You can find some plecos on our website that were uh, collected from the wild. But in general, I don't do that. I almost always just buy plecos from aquarium breeders. Because they come in much much better shape. The ones that are harvested from the wild let's put it this way when I buy them from the breeder that I get them from I almost never have a problem and if I do it's usually my fault. When I order from anyone else I rarely don't have a problem so I tend to only order the aquarium bred and raised ones Um, I all order from hobbyists that breed fish for sure but as far as like industry suppliers I've only found one breeder that does a consistently good job, treats the fish right, uh, ships the fish humanely and all that So, so I don't tend to get blue phantom plecos in because of that. He just doesn't have any he doesn't breed them. In fact the green phantoms and blue phantoms Am I correct in remembering that that's one that just, they aren't really breeding those in captivity or all of those collected from the wild? I can't remember. Or am I confusing that with like gold nugget plecos? Maybe. If anyone knows that, the blue and green phantoms, are those being bred or is that one that's uh, pretty much just harvested? 220 folks are watching. Thanks for being here, folks. Thanks for spending part of your Wednesday with us. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment to share this out to someone who might be interested? If you can't think of anyone that might be interested, share it out to your ex. They would appreciate it. They want, they want to know you're still thinking of them, right? <laughs> Plants aren't hidden for Canada yet. Correct. Okay. Robert Whitaker. Do you have a favorite fish? Not really. It changes on the daily. As I'm walking around and I see a fish that's like beautiful and colored up and displaying, that's my favorite. And then. I'll walk around a little further and I'll see another fish that's beautiful and colored up and displaying and that's my favorite and then I'll see a different fish that's doing some neat behavior and suddenly that's my favorite so I, I don't really have a favorite oh man is that spot on the lens oh that's looks like there's a spot on the sensor right in the middle of my forehead well sorry guys I can't clean the sensor during a live stream nah, nah. trying to avoid the spot But if I have to answer the question, if I had to pick one, I don't think I could, but I usually tell people it's Fundalopanchak's garden rye. It's it's the first killifish that I... Let me show it to you. I'm just bringing it up. And I've done this a lot, so people might be sick of me doing this. I get this question a lot, and it's always the same answer. But it's this fish. I mean, it's absolutely stunning. They're hardy, they're beautiful, they're easy to breed, easy to raise, and very prolific. This is the first killifish that I really had true success with, uh, you know, con- steady success with as a kid when I first started breeding fish at around 12, 13 years old. So for nostalgic reasons, it's my favorite, for sentimental reasons. Alishan AS, I picked up a group of rhino horn gobies today. Ready what what is that? Balteatus? I've researched them, but just wondering if you've ever had any experience with this species. Not really. Um, what's the Rexi that we have? Is that that's Mugilla right? I don't think that's Redagobius. Let's see. The gold gobi. Oh. Let's type in the right field. Rexy, that's yeah, that's a Mugilla so I've had good luck with Megillah gobius, those Rexy are doing awesome. But I don't think I've ever kept Redi gobius, so I can't really help you out. Nathaniel says, Adopokylis info, I wish I had some. If anyone here knows about this fish, I have one... Adopokylis in right now that came from the Congo came in the Congo shipment and it's been solid you know it's, it's doing great there's our picture actually there he is right there it's basically like a plecosmus from Africa is what it looks like there's someone that's interested in them, a few people actually, and have reached out to me for information. The problem is I can't find any information on these. They're so like uncommon in the aquarium hobby that there's really not any information out there. Planet Catfish has a little bit, but it doesn't tell you anything about their care. It just says, there's this fish and it's from this area in Africa. It's kind of you know the extent of the information you can get from there. So. I don't know anything about this fish and when people ask for information on it I basically said look I've looked and I don't know anything about it I can't find information on it. In our experience though they're hardy they're easy to keep Uh, we feed ours uh, let's see we feed them a rotation we'll give them bloodworms we'll give them uh, catfish scratchers from extreme so like an algae based sinking wafer and we'll give them hikari Massivore pellets that's kind of the base diet and we might rotate some other things in you know on occasion for variety but they eat all that stuff without any problem and he's been doing good long term no problems but besides that I have no information on them it just is not a fish I can find info on it's one of those situations where we ordered something else and then they sent us that and it's like oh well Here's a fish. What is it? And we had to look it up and try to figure it out what it was. <laughs> really cool fish. Don't know anything about it other than it's doing well for us. Bob Purcell. Wait, they named their National Hockey League team the Canucks in Vancouver, so I'd say you're good. Okay, yeah, that makes me feel better. That makes me feel better. So it's, it's probably the equivalent of, like, Yankee, Right. Brian Radovich, I notice you're getting in more dwarf Cory species. Any chance of seeing Corydoras cochui? Let's see. I'm going to say maybe, but probably not. We're very careful about the Corys we bring in. Which one is this? O22. So there is, there are massive issues with Corydoras in this industry. Um, There's big supply chain issues. Oh, that's a cute little fish. What happens is there's just something along the supply chain, how they're treated, how they're sourced. So let me tell you about the supply chain. So a fish goes through many hands before it gets to the end consumer. So let's say that, uh, let's say that it's a typical exporter of farmed fish. Well, that exporter is not necessarily farming the fish themselves. What they're doing is they're buying fish from someone else. And that person is buying fish from someone else who might also be buying them from someone else. We go up far enough, we get to the, the, the person who's farming the fish. And what that often is, most of our fish come from Southeast Asia. And yes, there's a few large farms in Southeast Asia. But they tend to specialize in like bettas or, or another very specific kind of fish. A lot of the fish coming out of Southeast Asia are being bred in the backyard of families. So there's a family and they part of how they get some income is they build a pond in their backyard and they might breed guppy, a, a strain of guppies. They might have a, two or three ponds, but they don't have a lot, right? So limited producers at the top of the supply chain in general. I'm generalizing here, keep that in mind. Someone goes around to a lot of those small producers and buys their stock and then they take them to the exporter and sell them there or they take them to someone else who buys from all these jobbers which are going around and buying from these small producers collecting enough to sell to the next step in the chain. So there might be one or two or three of those, and eventually it gets to the exporter. The exporter takes that fish, sends them, well, in a typical supply chain, to a transshipper. Let's say in the United States, they would come in, an agent would clear them, then they would go to a transshipper, then the transshipper would send them to a wholesaler. The wholesaler, this is on the United States side, would send them to a retail store and that retail store would send them to the consumer. So on the United States side alone they've been through on that instance five steps. Maybe they cut out one or two, maybe it's only three or four steps depending on exactly how this fish is moving through the system. The point is by the time a fish has gone through all those steps on the supply side been shipped to the United States and then gone through all those steps in the United States, by the time it gets to the end consumer, it's been through a lot. It's maybe been in transit for a week, maybe two weeks. Uh, in all that time, it's been stressed. It maybe hasn't had uh, a lot of stability, water parameter-wise. Not a lot of food. It's, it's stressed out, right? Then the end consumer buys that fish. Because of the stress, the immune system's compromised the fish might have a problem and often will die for the end consumer. That's that's the traditional chain. Quarries do particularly badly in this chain. I don't know why. But quarries don't take the supply chain very well at all. There's something about a quarry in the supply chain that doesn't mix. Now, so that's farmed fish you can also, and there, there are some exceptions, right? And we look for the exceptions, and that's where we get the fish from. On the collection side, it's kind of the same, but instead of farming the fish, the small producers are collecting the fish in limited numbers, and then someone's buying them from them, and that might happen once, it might happen twice, Eventually, get they get to the point where there's enough stock that they get on a boat, and they head down the Amazon to a big port like Manaus or Belem, And at that point, they end up at the exporter and then they're shipped out. So whether the fish are being uh, bred and then sold or being collected from the wild and then sold, it tends to be a long supply chain. We've tried many, many, many different suppliers uh, for quarries. And almost all of them... Doesn't work for, our, for us to want to buy from someone, it kind of has to be consistent. The quality of the fish has to be consistent, the fish need to be um, handled in according to certain standards. And we've had a hard time finding people to do that. There is currently one supplier that I know of that does a consistently great job with corridors, they breed them themselves. So the supply chain there is I order from this person. They pack them up and ship them to me. That's the chain. We do have an import hub in Los Angeles where the fish come from that person. We take care of them in that hub, make sure everyone's in good shape, give them fresh water and all that. And then they come to me in Wyoming. That's, that's the entire chain when I get fish from, from this supplier. That's the only supplier I've found that really does things consistently well. So we tend to only buy fish from them. Corys. I'm talking about Cory specifically now. Plecos as well. A few species of fish. Rainbows. Like there's some fish that you just don't want to get in the standard supply chain. So that's the supplier we get most of our corys from. And uh, if they have them, we can get them. They don't have the uh, CO22 or CW22. What is that? Corydoras cochui. They don't have that... Or they don't have it often. Um, so, if they did, I, I might order it. Now, I don't know, if I ever had Cochua in or not? I'd have to check the website. It's not ringing a bell. Maybe I have once or something. Now, there is a second supplier that we're testing right now. Um, the first supplier is someone that breeds the fish, and we get them directly from them. The, the other supplier is someone that collects the fish, and we get them from them. We're still testing that person though. So far, pretty good. But we have quite a bit more testing with them we need to do before we can say, okay, this is someone we can order quarries from now. So we're very limited in the quarries we can get in because we just aren't gonna order from... There's lots of places you can get quarries from and there are many, many, many quarries available the problem is they're not going to be treated right, and they're not going to do well. So that's the answer for Corys, And Corridor's Kochuai is not one I remember having access to. All right, I'm scrolling up because chat jumped, and I'm trying to get... Here we go. Okay, Michael Fowler, what is your personal favorite fish you currently have for sale? It varies from day to day. Right now, the ones that I tend to stop at and watch are the Mountain Grunters, because they've changed from, they've settled in fully now, and now the gold on them is just super bright. Let me show you guys this fish. This is an awesome fish, so Our picture doesn't do them justice, but when they settle in, this kind of brown area turns black, and this light area turns bright gold. Yeah, I don't really have a picture. You can kind of see the gold on this one in the back, but right now they're fired up. I need to get a picture (laughs) because they look awesome right now. And so I do find myself stopping at that tank often and looking and just, you know, being mesmerized by their beauty. Leo209Aquatics, me and Matt agree that you should show the Spotted Congo Puffers please and thank you. P.S. if I order it today, can you guys ship in two weeks? Yeah, I think next week's shipping is already full anyway, so that works well for us. Um, I, I can't show the Congo Spotted Puffers on the live stream because I'm at a desktop computer here. I, I'm not mobile. But you can see them on the last video we did. They're, they're shown, let's see, right here. If you go to our channel, go to videos. This video right here, these fish are fire. We showed the Congo spotted puffers in that video and that was just taken eight days ago. So you can see what they look like eight days ago. By the way, they're awesome. They're, they're perfect. No hesitation on them at all. But uh, Michael Fowler, so today that's the case. A couple days ago, it was the Congo Spotted Puffers just because they're so personable. They were up front and begging. Before that, it was the Kamaka Rainbow Fish because the males were firing up and displaying together. They're in a big 75-gallon tank so they could put put on a a show, and we have a lot of them. So it was just amazing to watch. Um, It just changes every day on what's looking good. I'm very inconsistent on that. <laughs> Snoochy Booch, are you still thinking about a grand opener get together you mentioned last year? Looking forward to that. Am I thinking about it? Yes. I don't know when though. Like, I want to do that, but I don't have the bandwidth to put it together right now. I just, we're all putting in very long days, and we're still in that startup phase where it's just long days grinding, grinding out the work. to to get the ship afloat and sailing that's still where we're at so um, we Jonathan and I actually went over the financial model again with the latest data and we're in good shape the model says this is gonna work we know the levers we have to pull to make the business work uh, but we're still you know we're a startup we're still uh, working our way towards profitability right now the money we go go we get is going back in the business to to help build the business to the point where it is profitable and as efficient as it can be and all that. But until there's a certain point where there can be a little bit less of a grind. I mean there'll always be a grind, <laughs> but and maybe I can think about about doing that. I would love to do it though. I would love to do an event here. And I have the background for it. I used to produce theater festivals. I, I know how to put an event together. I know how to make sure there's housing. I know how to make sure there's transportation. I know how to do all that. But it's a lot of work. And right now I just don't have the bandwidth. But yes, Nucci Booch, I want to do that. Leo 209 Aquatics, today it's Leo. I think last week it was Leo. Can you show the puffers? I, I can't, because I'm tied to my, my desktop like I said. But check that video out. Do you still have the beautiful gold Denison barbs? Yes! And they're amazing. So if you go, it's really easy. It's really easy to see what we have in stock. If you go to dancefish.com and type in gold, there they are. Gold Roseline barbs. And we've got 71 of them available, so we have actually a good batch in right now. Often we don't have any available, but we have a good good number in right now so we can pick you some real stunners. Hunter McLaren, I'm thinking ahead of tubbing season. What's a good way to set up a 50-gallon tub for clown killifish? Looking forward to filling my tank with rockets in the fall. Cool. Yeah, maybe I can buy a bunch from you in the fall after they've bred. That would be really cool. So what I would do is I would uh, make sure the water level is a little less little under capacity, maybe four or five inches from water level to the top of the tank because killifish can jump. Now, clown killies are smaller, and I wouldn't say that in the past I've noticed that they're particularly prone to jumping, but I have no doubt that they could. So I would I'd keep the water level below the rim of the pond for sure, the tub. I would make sure that at least half of the water is covered with floating plants, water sprite, whatever you want to use, where they can go in there and feel comfortable, feel secure, get out of the light if they need to, if they see a shadow overhead, they can dart under the plant, right, get away from the predator, all that stuff. And if you do that, you'll probably be okay. The only thing I don't know about is jumping, so if you can find a way to put a cover on it. So they can't jump out. That'd probably be a good way to start, at least until you know if they're prone to jumping. I would assume in the for the first couple weeks until they fully settle in, they'll be quite prone to jumping. After that, maybe not as much. But I don't know. All it would take is a raccoon to come over in the nighttime and scare them, and then they might all jump out. That's that's the big that's the big question mark with killifish and outdoor tubs. Now I know it can be done. There's a lots lots and lots of old time AKAers who. Uh, have kept fish in outdoor tubs and ponds and all that. And kept killifish and bred them and raised them. In fact, sometimes people win shows from fish that they raised out outdoors in tubs because they eat all the insects and they have the sunlight and they just get big and stunning. So it can be done. But I haven't tried it with anulatus the clown killifish specifically. So that's my thoughts, Hunter. Thanks a million for answering my question. Says the Fish Guy Five. Hey, you're very welcome. Always, always happy to talk fish with. Another fish nerd. That's what That's what I live for, really. <laughs> Alishin AS, Mark is a transporter out of New York that has shipped the Axel Rod Eye. I could check with that. I'm pretty particular about the transhippers I use. Um, I'm very careful about that. But I just think... I think that uh, Sunan... Danios are just, uh, I don't think they ship well. And until I find a supplier that's going to consistently ship ones in good shape, I'm, I'm just, not into, just not into killing fish. Mountain top, I mean, I do occasionally, but I do everything I can to prevent it. And one of those things, the main thing actually, is to be picky about my suppliers. That's really the main thing I can do. Because if I do that, then... Um, the fish we get are in better shape. They're more expensive, because they've had to be treated you know, to certain standards, but they're in better shape, and they recover quicker, and they're more likely to do well for my customers. So that's the biggest thing I can do. In fact, I know the industry stats on, uh, on the, the supply chain and losses through the supply chain, and I'm happy to say we do much better than the industry average. And it's because we're picky. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. Even I occasionally can find an excuse to cover fish delivery to Sheridan from Divide Miss Mountaintop. Has family in Sheridan. Oh, okay, okay. And the Santa Fe has cargo space. All right, I I might hit you up next time just to see if you're free. Uh, The next import that we're doing... Is gonna be a lot. It's, I think, like 27 or 29 boxes. So I'll probably need to take our cargo van for that just because it's a lot of boxes. But uh, we often do, I think this last import I did was 11 boxes and it fit in my minivan no problem. I had space for quite a bit more. I think you can fit 16 to 20 boxes in a minivan without any problem. So all right, um, I'll keep that in mind, mountaintop. Metal fish, I need a van, and I don't think my employer would be okay with that, but I would love hauling fish instead of heavy equipment. Yeah. <laughs> put it on your backo and haul it up here. <laughs> Just put it in the bucket. Lady Rorschach, I know they are super generic, and they are available at Aquatic Arts, but do you plan to have black neon Tetris available, available for purchase? I don't. I don't plan on bringing that fish in. I love it, but I don't think it would be profitable for my business simply because you can get them at any Petco or PetSmart or or whatever and for like super cheap. So now saying that, I think eventually I'll be able to. I don't think I can right now, but if you look at our stock list, you will see there are some fish that we sell that are very common. Um, but I have to be careful with that. So for example, we have red phantom tetras, black phantom tetras, and yellow phantom tetras. Three common tetras, really hardy, really beautiful, great beginner fish. The problem is they're available at any big box store. And so we've had trouble moving them. I think we've had some of them since like July and we still haven't sold them. So I mark them down to a point where it's really not worth it for us to sell them, but I I want to sell them so I can clear the tank space and get something else in there that is worth selling, and even then, they're moving slowly. So it doesn't make sense to carry fish like that for us business-wise, and I think black neon tetras would probably fall in that category. Now, the reason I think we might be able to do that in the future is as people learn about dance fish and how we operate and what our values are and as they experience the difference of getting fish from us versus other places and see that our fish tend to live (laughs) i love how uh stephen p 2003 aquatics puts it he says dance fish has fish with the will to live (laughs) got a hankering to live as that story spreads and more people just decide you know we we just want to get from dance fish because we know the fish will be treated humanely and when we do they, they tend to live as that story spreads then maybe we will be able to bring in things like black neon tetras and the phantom tetras and stuff because people will then be buying um, based on wanting humanely sourced and maintained and transported fish and they'll be, they'll be willing to pay a premium for that. Now, our customer base, I think, is in that boat, but it's not a large enough customer base to support something like a black neon tetra. Our customer base needs to grow quite a bit before enough people in it would want that fish or a black phantom or a red phantom or a yellow phantom or a serpe tetra or whatever um, and would want to get it from us because, because they like how we operate and they trust us. I mean, despite all the problems we had this last Monday, occasionally something happens. But in general, that's what people experience when they buy from us. So we'll have to test that again further down the road and see if there's enough people that would be willing to pay what we would need to charge for a fish like that to make it profitable to do and still treat the fish the way we want to treat them. So that's the answer to that. Candy overhauls. My ex is an ex for a reason. Candy's not going to invite her ex into the chat. Hmm. <laughs> I would make the chat more lively though. Could be quite dramatic. Um the secret history. Green uh, Phantom Greens have had some success in Germany and Asia with hormones. Phantom Blues I'd never heard of nor had success breeding sadly. Yeah, okay. Anyone else know? I mean, I don't think any of the phantom plecos, the greens or the blues, are being bred in sufficient numbers to be um, a regular part of the supply chain, even with hormones. But Alex, do you or anyone else know, um, when you say some success in Germany and Asia, do you mean they're regularly bred and sent out? Um, Or do you mean like, They've tried, and they've had spotty success, and they're still working on it. Sparrows swims. Any issue with the half-banded pike that you've noticed? Super cool fish. Yes. um, The issue is that they appear to have an insisted parasite. So I'm not a veterinarian, so I can't tell this for sure, but there are some spots on those fish that they came in with that have not responded to any medication and have never multiplied, never moved. They just, they've had that spot and it's stayed there. Um, Usually when I see that, it's some type of insisted parasite. So there's these parasites that have a multi-stage life cycle. So for example, a certain life cycle they could start in a snail. And then if a fish eats the snail, then the parasite moves into the fish, develops into the next stage of its life cycle, and then lies dormant until a bird eats the fish. And then when the bird eats the fish, it releases the parasite, and the parasite develops into the next stage of its life cycle, lays eggs, and then the snail gets in contact with the eggs, and the cycle starts again. I'm mucking that up a little bit, but the point is... When the parasite is in the fish, it's gone into the fish, it's developed to a certain stage of its life cycle, and then it's insisted itself, waiting for a bird to come along and eat the fish, so the parasite can then develop into its mature phase of its life cycle and reproduce. It's not able to reproduce in its insistence stage, so it's literally just staying there dormant. It's not multiplying, it's not moving around, it's not doing the fish any damage. So the half-banded pikes came in with what I think is that, based on the fact that it hasn't multiplied, it hasn't moved, it hasn't responded to medication, and uh, it just seems to be sitting there dormant. So they do have that. Besides that, though, they're perfect in every way. They're personable. They come out and beg for food. They, we haven't had any issues with them. They seem to be very hardy. So I And people who bought them from us, and no one has reported back that they've had any problems. I believe that's a true statement. Johnny, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think everyone that's got them has has had great luck with them. But be aware there's some spots on them. There's some, what I believe are insisted parasites. Not being a veterinarian, I I don't know that for sure. We'd have to, like, take those and actually slice one of the cysts open under a microscope or something. but, uh, but that's what it appears to be for me. So that's the story on the half-banded pikes. Del Cantrell. most of the blue-green phantoms are harvested from Rio Orinoco. Same is true for altums. With the blues coming from a more southern location near Puerto Ayachaco. Slight success in breeding. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing from your comment and Alexander's comment is that... Uh, there's some spotty breeding, but the fish we're getting are almost all going to be collected. Yeah, so, so that's probably a fish I, I wouldn't bring in. I did try green phantoms from one supplier, and they came in and they did great, but we could never ship them. They, they did not want to ship. Or did we finally solve that problem? I can't remember. Maybe we did finally figure it out, but it took a long time. So that's, that's one I probably won't bring in again. Unless, again, unless a breeder that I know had luck breeding it. Michael Fowler, thanks for sharing your favorite fish. Do annual killies live longer than a year in the home aquarium? Yeah, some do. Annual killie fish live longer than their natural life cycle in the aquarium. The reason I say that is there are parts of the world where there is a dry season and a wet season that happens once a year so those fish tend to live you know nine months to a year in the wild something like that well maybe only you know, is to dry six months to nine months in the wild but in the aquarium they can live over a year but there's other parts of the world where there are two wet and dry cycles in a year so those fish have to reproduce very quickly they only have like you have a Wet season for three months, a dry season for three months, then a wet season for three months and another dry season for three months. This is a really fast-developing annual killifish like Nothobronchius furzeri um, and fish like that. That fish might only live for a month or two in the wild. It, it's, it's re, it can reproduce after a couple weeks, it has to grow so fast. So it depends on the fish we're talking about. But yes, annual killifish live longer in the aquarium than they do in the wild. Nathan Hovey, is it common for a Chinese algae eater to change color? I have four and they are all the same standard color but one is changing to orange. So yeah, that can happen. Uh, there's some gold forms, there's some, I believe there's a, uh, is it modeled? What would you say, what would you call it? Marbled form and they can change color as they grow. Now, I don't have a ton of experience with Chinese algae eaters because I kind of avoid that fish, but I have worked at places where I've had them where, where we sold them and I have seen them change color um, in places I've worked S P N K R. current shipping time from date order are the shipping Olympics over? yeah shipping Olympics are over um, it took us about two weeks I would say to catch up from the shipping Olympics but we're still selling more fish than ever and so right now I think uh, Johnny could you chime in I think the next day we can ship... Well, I'm going to rely on Johnny to, to, to say that because he has his pulse directly on that. We might be full for next week. Um, but I also might be confusing that with another week, <laughs> with this last week in a conversation I had earlier. So, But I think we're full this next week. Anyway, Johnny, would you let us know? Okay, random arms at Elfish Tanks question above. Can you explain the difference in the Bosmani fish you offer? Wondering what makes the price differ. I'm trying to make a selection. Yes, I can. So let's look at those and I'll tell you all about them. Okay, so Bosmani rainbow fish. So Bosmanian rainbow fish come from different locations, and each location uh, is in demand to a certain extent, like some more than others, or there's some that are just bred in aquariums as well. So the ones that are least expensive are these, the ones that are bred and raised in aquariums. They're not location-specific. We're not exactly sure as to the species purity of these fish or location purity of these fish but they're pretty fish for sure and if all you're looking for is I just want a pretty rainbow fish this is just fine. An aquarium strain fish will will be plenty pretty. When you get into the ones that are pure, br- it's like the difference between dogs. If you If you get a mutt you know, it's fairly inexpensive. If you buy a purebred, great lineage, you know the pedigree dog, it's gonna cost a lot more. Now, I, I personally just get my dogs from the pound when I get them, but um, I like mutts just fine. But there, there's definitely a difference in cost there. That's kind of the same with these rainbow fish. So these fish, the Itinjo, come from a specific collection location and that location has not been crossed to any other species or any other location. So it's a location pure uh, fish. So it's kind of like we know the pedigree, kind of like a purebred dog. The Aves Creek is the same thing. The Lake uh, Ajimaru is the same thing, or Ayimaru. It just depends on how you say it. So these are location specific. The Itinjo and the Aves Creek both turn much darker than the aquarium strain or the Ajimaru wood, so these turn into a dark blue to charcoal, almost black front half, with an orange uh, back half when they really color up. So this picture, that's how they turn, and this is this is, uh, I would say, an accurate picture. In fact, this black can extend even further back in some cases. So these guys a dark like a halloween fish <laughs> get really dark these guys do that as well these are the itinjos this is a good shot is showing it pretty dark but they'll get even darker it's here okay so that's what we've got for that fish the ajumaru or ayimaru stay lighter So they stay like a sky blue, silvery blue, with a lot of iridescence on the front half. And then they do get like a yellow, even an orange on the back half, but they're a lighter colored fish. So it's a difference in pure lines, it's a difference in pure localities, versus something that is a mutt, something that is, you know, a perfectly beautiful fish, a perfectly nice fish that will do well for you, but it's, you don't know the pedigree. I guess that's the easiest way to put it. Nathan Virgil, West African Nanochromis, wild. Yes, so our Nanochromis that we have are wild. I, I brought those in from uh, the Congo myself. So I know those are for sure wild collected fish. I'm scrolling up because chat jumped here. In fact, I think it should say that. So we try whenever we know. uh, Nanochromus. Wait, that is nanochromus, isn't it? Oh, how did I screw that up? Nano. Yeah, nanochromus. So if you click here... Oh, we don't have it here. Sometimes we get really busy and we don't get all the information in the listing that we would like to. But generally, well, let's look at these. Generally, it'll tell you here. I say that none of these have it. Yeah, it'll tell you here where they're from. So the source, these ones were tank bred and raised. So these were bred and raised in aquariums. Here's the natural range, and then it'll have information about it. We're working towards having all the listings have this information. So when you go to buy a fish, if we know if it was aquarium-bred or collected or how it was sourced, where it came from, we'll put that here. So you, as a customer, kind of know where the source of the fish was. But it takes a long time to write all those descriptions, and, uh, and we're slowly catching up, but we're behind for sure it's eight twenty-two. awesome let me double check i don't think that um my wife has a video for today she recorded it and everything but there's been some technical difficulties getting it all edited and and put up so yeah that's correct so we aren't gonna um have a song from brenda tonight after the stream but i'm sure we will next week and she might release it uh before then, as well, I'm not sure what our plans are, but we were working on we were working on it this evening, trying to get it done in time, uh, but ran into some glitches with uh, technological difficulties. Let's say, getting it to how we needed it. Full metal. Are your sales limited to online only, or do locals have access to coming in and browsing? So. We don't let locals come in and browse yet. Uh, what you can do if you're a local is you can order your fish, type in code, the area code for here in Wyoming at checkout, and let us know you're local. That way it won't charge you for shipping, and we can arrange a local pickup for you. So if you're a local, you can order the fish online, let us know you're local, put in code the area code of here in Wyoming. Put that in at checkout. We'll know you're a local and that you're gonna do local pickup with that code. And so we won't charge you shipping and we can find a time for you to come pick the fish up. But when you come pick the fish up, we'll literally hand you the fish. You can take a look and make sure they're all right or whatever, and then, and then you'll be on your merry way. We just can't handle people in here browsing right now. And the reason is, um, as a startup, We are all working very long hours just to maintain what we're doing now and grow as we need to. When people come in and browse, we want to be good hosts. We want to go around with you, show you the fish, answer your questions, talk with you. Um, We don't want you to have an experience where you come in here and we're all avoiding you because we can't get distracted because we're busy. And that's what would happen if we allowed people to come in and browse. So we just can't do that right now, we just don't have the time to take care of customers that come in and browse. At some point in the future, it might be nice to be open on Saturdays for local customers. Like I do love mom and pop fish stores and and all that, you know, I grew up with them, I I volunteered for them, it's a big part of my life, I love that part of it. but. It's not sustainable for our business model yet. Hopefully, we get there, but right now we can't really do that. Something else I'd like to do in the future, and I don't know when we can handle this, but I would like to. Uh, we have the Sheridan um, Aquarium Society, and we used to all meet once a month and have a discussion and a little auction of, you know, do the fish club thing, and that was really fun. But There wasn't much of a venue for it, and uh, everyone here that keeps fish kind of knows each other anyway, and we all talk among ourselves anyway, so the monthly meeting was kind of like, we kind of didn't need it because we were all up in each other's business all during the week. (laughs) So why meet to be back up in each other's business? But that might be something that would be fun to revive, and I think we could host that here and uh, have kind of a permanent place where it could be, but we're not ready for that yet either. But I do have that in the back of my mind. I don't know if it could work or not, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, when I can, if I can, I'd like to do that. I'd like to revive that organization and and we could host that. But again, right now, we're not there. We've just, uh, we're still in the startup mode. Hidden Oasis, I can recommend a good event planner. Oh, yeah? Would that be you, Hidden Oasis? <laughs> Killers, Aquatics, and Reptiles throwing down a massive super chat. Thank you so much, Bob. Really appreciate it. That probably means Bob often reminds me of when the stream needs to end. It's 826, so thanks for the reminder, Bob. There's 250 people here, 256 now. Awesome. Let's go ahead and do this giveaway. So the giveaway is for some merch. Check out the merch. You go to the YouTube uh Channel here, scroll over to stores, you can see our merch. Today's giveaway is this beanie, which has this really cool stylized Bosmani rainbow fish on it, designed by Bex. Thanks again, Bex, for your awesome designs. That's what we'll be giving away. You can choose any color. I personally like the green, and I personally like the black, but you do you. There's several colors available. Anyway, that's what's for the giveaway. And there, let's see, we've got 192 eligible folks here. The winner is Adam Berry. Adam, congratulations. You have won a beanie with a cool rainbow fish on it. You've got two minutes to chime in. Let us know you're here. Just leave a comment in the chat and we'll know you're here. Two minutes to do that. If you don't do that in two minutes, then you forfeit your winnings and we'll we'll draw someone else. Okay, scrolling in here. Night owl aquatics. I want a raffle. When can I pick up a long fin white snow Corydoras? Okay, I want a raffle, so I'm guessing you got a gift certificate or a gift card. I'm guessing you have that. Where where can I pick up a long fin snow white Corydoras? Do you know anything about them? I don't know anything about that. The only thing I can think of is maybe there's like an albino Aeneas in a long fin form. Is that what we're talking about? Maybe an albino Paleotis in a long fin form? But uh, I'm not quite sure exactly, Night Owl. Um, that's not a fish that I'll probably be carrying anytime soon. I generally avoid things that are like. Well, I have long fin Paleotis, and those tend to ship okay. But things like veil tail angelfish and things like that, or half moon bettas with the long tail, veil tail bettas, all that stuff, I tend to kind of avoid just because those long, delicate fins can get damaged in shipping. And I ship fish for a living, so I try to pick species that that's not going to happen to. Um, long fin Aeneas and long fin Paleotis tend to do okay. So maybe I would try them, but I don't have any plans to bring in any uh, albino quarries. Anytime soon. So I'm not sure if that's what you're talking about, but if it is, I'm not sure where you could get them at this time. Adam Barry has not chimed in. Adam! All right, and we're at two minutes. I'm gonna give Adam just a little longer because there is a delay on my end. So let me get to one more comment here before we move on to someone else. Robert Whitaker, do you seem to get interesting fish? You seem to get interesting fish from the Congo River. Any new types of fish from there coming in soon? No, um, I tried, so I'm not gonna be purchasing from the supplier I got the last Congo shipment from. They did a horrible job. Like The fish that they sent me were just treated badly. And they were packaged nicely. They didn't overpack them. They, they did They did all that right. We had discussions about that before and they sent them correctly packaged. But the fish themselves were in horrible shape. It was obvious they hadn't eaten in in weeks and weeks. It takes a fish a long time to get emaciated. And these fish were super skinny, very emaciated. Fish are cold-blooded, they don't have big brains, and they don't fight gravity. They're neutrally buoyant in water. So they have very little energy needs, and they don't get skinny very quickly. They're not like us. We've got a big brain that takes a lot of energy. We're warm-blooded so we burn a lot of calories to stay warm and we have to fight gravity. It takes work for us to stand up and walk somewhere. It takes work for us just to sit because we're fighting gravity, right? So we burn a lot of calories so if we don't eat for a few days we get real skinny real quick. Fish it takes them a long time to get skinny so I know that that supplier that sent them to me did not take care of them and did not take care of them for a long time and I think that's unforgivable. I'm just not gonna purchase from someone who operates that way. So until I find, there, and the problem is there aren't hardly any suppliers from the Congo. There used to be a good one, but they've gone out of business. And so uh, until I find a good supplier, I'm not gonna try the Congo again. And I don't know if i will find that person anytime soon. All right, let's see. No, Adam Berry. Never showed up. So we're going to draw someone else. Patrick's Aquatics, you have now won a beanie. <laughs> so, Patrick, you have two minutes to chime in, let us know you're here, and claim your winnings. Dawn F., will you be offering banded of gudgeons again? Oh man, I have to cough. I like banded gudgeons a lot. Um, they're not something that's available very often, they're kind of hard to find. So I don't know that I'll be bringing them anytime soon. And the last batch I got, the first batch I got sold, the first couple batches I got, I think, sold quite well. And I was able to get them at a small size, which is awesome. The last batch I got came in large and didn't sell very well. And I think the reason is I'd already saturated my customer base with them. So I I do plan to bring in the banded gudgeons again, but only if I can get the smaller ones, just because fish are easier to ship and handle when they're smaller. And um, I'm probably gonna wait a little while because I don't want to offer them to an already, already saturated customer base. Okay, let's see. Patrick's Aquatic still has not chimed in. All right, Patrick. If someone knows Patrick, let him know. <laughs> Send him a text, say, hey, you best get that. Lady Rorsach, that's exactly why I was wondering if you guys would be open to the option. I want to buy from as humanely sourced resources as possible. Oh, yeah, I get that. And I think my customer base in general is that way. It's just my current customer base. There's not enough people that want the kind of, what would you say, commonly available inexpensive fish that you can get from a big box store. There's not enough of them that want that for me to bring that fish in. As the customer base grows, it's my hope that there will be enough that want that, that I can bring in those more common fish and sell them at the price I would need to sell them to, to make it worth it for the business. We have a lot of overhead. We have a lot more overhead, I think, than a lot of places. Well, I know we do. <laughs> the way we operate is expensive. Um, and so once another place can sell a fish for, I don't know, $1.99, and we have to sell it for $6 in order to not lose money, it's hard for the market to bear that. Until enough people get to know our story and experience us and see the difference, that they're like, oh, that fish is six bucks. This other one's only a dollar ninety nine. But I know how this company operates. I, I I know the fish will do well, and I just want to buy fish that are, you know, humanely cared for and stuff. Um, it, it, we have to build that base bigger before there's a critical mass of people to do that. Um, I know you're one of them, but we have to get more that to to make it work. So. That's just the reality of that situation. But, you know, thanks for doing that. Thanks for being willing to pay more for humanely cared for fish. That's awesome. Patrick, okay, this is gonna be one of those nights. We're gonna draw forever. Metal fish, hopefully you're still here. metal fish, you have two minutes to chime in and claim your beanie. Come on, the beanie's metal. How often do you feed the puffers, the rapache with crushed shells? You know, I need to do it more often. Um, it depends on the stage of the puffer. So when the puffers first come in, we tend to treat stuff they're going to eat. Like crushed snails um, and bloodworms and maybe some frozen mysis shrimp, scuds, things like that. Because when they first come in, we just want to fatten them up. Like our, our goal is get them fattened. So when they first come in, we're feeding them a ton and we're medicating them. We have to clear their parasites out. And during that first process, we're generally not feeding much rapassi because we're trying to get weight on them and get them cleared out. Once that happens, then we can start rotating the rapassian. And ideally, we would do it once a day or once every other day to something like an Amazon puffer because their beaks grow very quickly. Congo spotted puffers, I don't think... They have beaks that grow very much. I've I've not seen Congo Spotted Puffers have that issue. So I think it's less important to feed them to Congo Spotted Puffers. But Amazon Puffers for sure. They have the quickest growing beaks I've ever seen in a puffer. Metal Fish is here. Awesome. Metal Fish, congrats. Thanks for playing and sticking around to win. (laughs) Um, If you would send an email to claim your winnings to hello at dancefish.com. That's h-e-l-l-o at dancefish.com uh, to claim your winnings. See here, I don't need, yeah, I need your I need your name and your address so we know where to send it to. And, uh, and we'll get that sent to you. Now, I don't know how long it'll take to get it printed and sent off, but we'll get it to you as soon as we, as soon as, we'll put the order in and they'll send it to you when it's done. I think that's it, but yeah, we'll need your first and last name and mailing address to uh, to make sure it's sent to the right place. With that, I've got one more super chat I want to read, and then we'll shut this down. Candy overholes, lady. I hope you're doing well. Um, miss you, miss you, and I hope to see you again soon. Remember when there were? <laughs> okay, I can't even read. Remember when there were only ten to twelve people in chat? Oh yeah. I totally do. That seems so long ago. Love and miss you, Dan. Right back at you, Candy. Love and miss you too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember what it was just like you, Bob, and, and Pam. <laughs> We've come a long way. Cheers. Yeah, I mean, we're regularly over 200 now. We get up into 300 frequently and yeah, I remember when there were only <laughs> a dozen of us for sure. Thanks for the super chat, Candy, and thanks for everything you did to help it grow from 10 to 12 into what it is today. I appreciate all you did over the years to help us out. Miss you, but I I understand the situation. All right, with that, we're going to shut down. I'm going to thank our moderators for being here and doing what they do every week. Just so awesome of you guys. Thanks to everyone who's a member of the Fishmonger crew. Thanks for being a member of this channel. Appreciate the support that... You know, a little bit of revenue that recurs every month is super helpful for a business like us. Gives us a little financial cushion, we appreciate it. Everyone that threw money at us, all the Super Chats tonight, thanks for the Super Chats. Always appreciated, never required, but it does make my wife super happy when money falls out of the computer screen onto our laps. If you were active in the chat and answered people's questions and uh, had questions and comments, thanks for being here, thanks for participating. If you're lurking, hail the Lurker Nation. If you're watching on the replay, hello from the past. And if you're listening on the podcast, I hope the audio quality was good. And thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful day? Wonderful week, I guess? Bye-bye.